The Rudy Giuliani Show. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. I am Dr. Maria, and you normally hear my voice with Rudy Giuliani on our Sunday show called Uncovering the Truth. Unfortunately, Mayor Rudy Giuliani has a terrible, terrible cold, and he is recovering today, and I am honored he asked me to fill in. Well, a lot going on today, especially out in Chicago. I absolutely love Chicago. I did a lot of speaking two, three times a year in Chicago for different conferences, and I just fell in love with Chicago and the people. And even as way back as 15 years ago, I used to say, aren't you alarmed at the number of shootings every weekend in this state? And basically where I was giving my lectures the neighborhoods were good neighborhoods, and they didn't have a lot of the shootings, so the people would tell me, you know what, it doesn't affect us. Now it is. Crime is continuing to surge in Chicago. 143% increase in car thefts. Like, you're afraid to car- park your car anywhere. The burglaries are up over 11%. But Chicagoans have a chance to change this. I believe in the power of the people And today, with your vote, you can get a better mayor. Mayor Lightfoot has totally failed the people of Chicago. She's ignored the black-on-black crime by believing in this defunding of the police movement. She's taken police out of desperately needed neighborhoods where the crime was naturally higher than other neighborhoods. And people are dying. Very innocent people are dying. So now is your chance But we're seeing it across the nation, aren't we? There's so much crime everywhere. And we had one of the biggest busts of fentanyl in the San Diego sector. Get this, 232 pounds of fentanyl. Now, those of you who follow my career have seen me on a lot of TV shows for the last two years talking about the dangers of fentanyl. Well, this bust could have killed 50 million people. Remember, fentanyl is more deadly than heroin, a hundred times more deadly than morphine, more powerful. And what's happening is, you know, one a critic may say, well, geez, if you play with fire, you deserve what you get. You know, people are ordering the fentanyl. They know it's deadly and they're dying. They're not ordering the fentanyl. What happens is they're targeting via Facebook and Snapchat, mainly young people. And they do it just like a predator would do it. They start asking you what your problems are. You may say, you know, I'm stressed about this or that. I don't have a job or finals are coming up. And someone says, hey, I have an Ativan that was my mother's. Would you like it? I'm selling it for only $5. Well, it's not a real Ativan. It didn't come from a legitimate pharmacy. It started its roots in either China or India, most likely China, They make the best fake pills. They look like the real thing, right? Uh, Those of you who know my background, emergency medicine, sometimes I have to identify pills. I think if I was faced today with looking at some of these fake Ativans, fake Percocets, I would have said it was the real thing. That's how good they are. But they're not done in a legitimate pharmacy, and they're laced with fentanyl. So these young kids are dying from a half a tablet of Ativan, or they say they hurt themselves in gym class. They 
they buy a Percocet. And the problem with Snapchat, now I'm out of my league here because I don't have Snapchat, but I'm told that the conversations disappear. So if you know that as a fact, you could call me and let me know at 1-800-848-9222. So we can figure out how we can stop this. I've long advocated for a moratorium on the border, and it's not simply the fentanyl. That's bad enough, right? Over 100,000 Americans died last year. We had a, a woman testifying today in front of Congress, and I'm sorry I don't know her name, but she lost two sons. I couldn't imagine losing one child. She lost two to fentanyl. And very similar to the scenario I was talking about, they want, she knows one of the sons at least bought something from Snapchat, and it was one of these fake pills. He had no idea he was taking fentanyl. So it's a serious thing. So we have that happening at the border, killing Americans. And we also have the sex trafficking going on. It's reached a height now where there's so many unaccompanied minors coming into the country that the Biden administration wants to get sponsors. They're calling them sponsors. Okay, we don't know where family members are. This kid's alone. Hey, I have this an adult saying, I'll take this kid. And there's been whistleblowers saying these people aren't being checked out. They could be sex traffickers, child sex traffickers, labor traffickers. So we have so many things going wrong and national security, right? How many terrorists have we stopped? We've stopped at least 90 known terrorists on the terrorist watch list at that border. How about the gotaways? And what about this increase in Chinese nationalists coming through? What's wrong with putting a moratorium? We have nothing to apologize to say we're a sovereign nation. We are the United States of America. We were all built as a melting pot. That's who we are, yes. But in today's world, we need to vet who's coming in our country, and we should make no apologies for it. Because one thing that the government should do is protect us nationally. So... We really need to keep an eye on this, and hopefully these congressional hearings will help in some way. I don't know. That that Mayorkas needs to resign or be impeached. I don't know why we're moving so slow. The last two years have been the worst years we've ever had with border invasion, and we've never seen the likes of it. So something has to be done. Now, I promised a lot of you that I would tell you that there's this connection between COVID-19 and the 1997 um, Russian flu epidemic. Well, let me go back a little bit. So I've been in hospital administration. You know, I've been in hospitals over 30 years. And after the tragedy of 9-11, the Bush administration paid for a lot of us to have advanced training especially emergency personnel, to identify different chemicals, how to treat, you know, uh, anthrax attacks. You know, you had it in New York. There's been other uh, chemical attacks in other places, Sauron gas in Japan. So how do we treat those things? (laughs) So we were taught and we know we were told that there was gain of function, chemical warfare in at least 26 countries. So we know that as Americans. So the Biden administration could lie about it all they want. We were taught this from our own government. And there are today 59 labs around the world 
that handle the deadliest pathogens. And only a quarter of those score high on safety. Remember, a year before the lab leak in Wuhan, Fauci and Dr. Collins were warned about the safety in that bio lab. These labs are called, I don't want to get too technical, but they're called BSL-4. They're the highest level labs and they're supposed to be for safety. Well, I can tell you going back in the history of the Wuhan Virology Lab, they kicked out their French counterparts who were supposed to make the building safety. So right away, it wasn't safe. Again, a year before the uh, leak from the lab, they were told that, you know, their their policies, their procedures, there's something that bad is going to happen. And sure enough, we've known from the beginning, I don't care what media wants to tell you, what um, anybody else wants to tell you, we knew from the beginning it came from that lab. Just listen to cut two. The immediate reaction is, is there's anger and frustration. We want to get to the bottom of this. Um, people like you, people like me, we were completely shut down, called conspiracy theorists, and, and had our reputations tacked and savaged. The doctors, virologists who questioned the orthodoxy also. So there is a dis, an intense desire on the part of Republicans uh, here on Capitol Hill, and I hope my, I, my Democrats will join us, to get to the bottom of this. because. Harris, this is bigger than even the censorship. This is bigger than what caused yeah. this. I mean, remember, they, they were talking, you know, um, um, uh, some wet market in China had caused this to, to initially. But it's beyond that because you have to know what happened. And there is also the potential connection that we as U.S. citizens through our government, we're helping to fund uh, this, this type of research in China. So there's a whole lot of things that we've got to get to the bottom of. Yeah, you know, in the hospital industry, in the airline industry, whenever a mishap happens, even a near miss, you're supposed to do a debriefing. It's not supposed to be about pointing fingers. You retrace every step and you think about systems and where did the systems go wrong and how can we make them better? During this situation, for whatever reason, nobody wanted to point their finger at China. And that's because the Biden administration and China are arm in arm, right? We, we got to face that. But I couldn't believe some people in the scientific world tried to cover up for the Wuhan lab. And I'll tell you why I am so secure as a healthcare person. Dr. Shi Zhengli, and I'm going to spell her name. It's S-H-I-Z-H-E-N-G-L-I. I've been following her for a while she first came to prominence around 2008, and then she really started writing a lot in two scientific journals, Nature and uh, one called Viruses. In 2013, 2015, she wrote about the coronavirus. She wrote about the bat coronavirus, how she was able to manipulate it and what she was seeing. In 2017, she started to warn people that if this happened, if this jump from bats to humans happened, how terrible it would be. And around 2015, at the same time, Fauci's department was working with Moderna on a vaccine for the bat coronavirus. So this was out in the open. You could still look it up today. So to say that it didn't come from that Wuhan virology lab when we were supporting gain-of-function there at that lab, one thing we say in medicine, if it 
walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It is a duck. To say it came from any other place is ridiculous. And um, you might remember that President Obama had put a moratorium on uh, gain of function because of so many mishaps in labs. And so over 23 countries have these labs. Most are in Europe with 25 labs. And these are the wor- the highest level labs. There's other labs too. And um, North America has quite a few. And Asia, Africa only has three. Australia only four. But what we know now, here's my tying in the 1997, what we called the Russian flu at that time because it was first discovered in Russia. And um, that came from a lab leak. Yes, in Russia, H1N1. And the really neat thing about this, I'll tell you when we come back with from this commercial. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Our good friend Rudy Giuliani is home today with a terrible cold. So he has asked me, Dr. Maria, his co-host on Uncovering the Truth on Sundays, to fill in for him. And I feel very honored, and I hope I'm producing a good show for him and all of you. We have a lot of people who are interested in these subjects, as I can tell by our caller board. But I wanted to finish our subject about the what was called the Russian flu in 1997. And it killed, by the way, over 7 million people worldwide. And it is well thought now that it definitely came from a bio lab in the Soviet Union. And the reason why the people think it wasn't called out at the time was because we were in a cold war with the Soviet Union. But um, if you asked any historian, any healthcare personnel, they're going to tell you it definitely came from a bio lab. So COVID-19 came from a bio lab. I always take the innocent view I have from day one that was an accidental leak. I know I interviewed a Chinese scientist who was a whistleblower who escaped to the United States, and she would have bet her bottom dollar it was a bioweapon, and it was dispersed on purpose. And she's not alone in that thought. That we may never know, right? Because if they ever told us the truth, meaning China, meaning Beijing, they would probably say it was going to be a lab leak anyway. They wouldn't go and say, yeah, well, we were thinking about taking over the world and taking over the United States. So that's why we were creating this. Um, So we've had this history before. So gain of function, is it worth it? Gain of function is when you try to manipulate known viruses to try to see how it would react. And if at the same time you could be uh, discovering and um, learning about how to do a new vaccine. I don't think it's worth it. The Obama administration didn't think it was worth it. They put a moratorium on gain of function here in the United States because we were doing it quite a bit. I have a feeling we still do it. Uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, was doing it under Ralph Barrick. He worked collaboratively with the Wuhan lab. So I don't know if uh, it's under the radar in our country, but I definitely do not think it's worth it. Uh, Coming up shortly, we're going to go into the train derailment a little bit more because I'm very disturbed when I hear our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, 
saying this was because of Donald Trump, the former president. It has nothing to do with the former president. And I'm going to give you proof with the National Transportation Board's conclusion on what caused this accident. So let's keep communication going. And um, am I too early to go on break? A little too early. Sorry. I'm, I know there's some hard breaks and I want to make sure I'm getting this okay. So the National uh, Transportation System has looked at why the train derailed. Listen to cut 14. On the Fort Wayne line of the Keystone Division, Norfolk Southern has equipped their rail network with HBD systems, that's the hot box systems, to assess temperature conditions of the wheel bearings en route. The function of the HBD is to detect overheated bearings and provide audible real-time warnings to the crew. Train 32N passed three HBD systems on its trip before the derailment. At mile post 79.9, and let's pick it up here. So they're talking about three of these hot boxes. At mile post 79.9, the suspect bearing from the 23rd car had recorded a temperature of 38 degrees Fahrenheit above ambient temperature when train 32 passed mile marker 69.01. So now we're talking 10 miles later. The bearings recorded temperature of 103 above ambient and then a third temperature reading at 49 miles. So now we are it was 50 to almost 80, so 30 miles later, it's now 253 degrees above ambient temperature. And we'll be right back. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. We are wishing Mayor Giuliani all the best. He is home today with a terrible cold and laryngitis. So I am Maria Ryan filling in for him. I'm also his co-host on Uncovering the Truth every Sunday 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, right before we went to break, we listened to the National Transportation Safety Board official talk about what happened with the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. All eyes have been on this poor community because they feel like they've been left you know, to the wayward, it took 20 days for Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, to go see them. President Biden has yet to go to East Palestine, and he has no plans to go there. Who went there? Rudy Giuliani, with the support of WABC. He did go there and um, offered a lot of support to the people, an ear to listen to, helped 
you know, direct them towards uh, different agencies. And he also worked with their mayor because who knows a lot about crisis is Rudy Giuliani. So he also offered some tips to their mayor there. So we do know from the NTSB that this was not caused by anything with deregulation at all. When I talked about systems theories earlier, systems theories looks at relationships of, of one thing to the next. So that's what you do when you do a debriefing. So what this NTSB official was talking about was, okay, you saw an axle heating up. Then 11 miles later, you start heat up more. By the third one, that was the only one, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, that alarmed out loud, that offered a audible alarm. So one of the things is, should it alarm sooner? Yes, the black box warning told you two times before the audible alarm. So one of the system things would be, okay, start putting those audible alarms earlier. So that's why it's so good to debrief. But to have the federal government blaming a former president when it had nothing to do with any kind of deregulation, this is why we the people are getting upset. We feel every day someone's telling us another line of BS. It's like, stop it already. Well, I have to take some of these calls. They're from all over the country here. Let's go with Molly in Minnesota. Hi, Maria. Hi, Molly. How are you? Good. How about you? You're going to tell us a little bit about Snapchat? Yeah, I don't I don't really use it much, mostly just for a couple family members. You know, if the kids want to send some funny pics or whatever. Yeah. D- is fun. it true that the communication disappears after so many days or something? Um, I, the messages can stick around themselves. Um. People can save them. So, like, if I had a, a message with somebody else, I can save that message. Okay. The videos, the videos do disappear. You can. I just got one today, um, and you can watch the video, and then if you watch again right away, you can get one replay on it right away. But if you go out of Snapchat and back in, mm-hmm. the video is gone. Uh huh. So the videos disappear. Are you aware that drugs are being um, sold and pushed on Snapchat? It wouldn't surprise me if they were. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your calling in. Thank you very much. It is a known way. Also, uh, the DEA is talking about Facebook is another way. Well, let's go to Maryland in Rhode Island. Maryland. Hello. Hi, Maria. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm curious because, as you say, we get all this too much information every day. And then people, some people are very gullible and they get upset and they do things that shouldn't happen. You know, like even like the people on January 6th, Rudy never meant that to happen. Aren't you concerned when you're saying that people are swearing that the Chinese released this as a biological weapon, that you're going to get people inflamed against the... Asian community when we really don't have all the facts. 
Oh, my God, Marilyn, thank you for that um, thought. I never uh, thought because it would never be my intention to inflame anybody, but I do appreciate you bringing that out. I'm just saying that there's two schools of thoughts on this. One, that it was an accidental leak, and one, and, and it is relevant when a Chinese scientist who's a whistleblower who had to flee to this country, who was looking after the leak happened, was asked to look into it um and it was all being run by the ccp military and some other things because of that and because of the ccp military's um playbook about bioweapons and she even provided some of that that's her rationale but no um personally or this station would never want to inflame anybody we want to give as much facts as possible because we don't believe our government gives us the facts anymore Let's go with Max in Manhattan. Yes, uh, Maria, thank you for taking my call. You mentioned that you worked in the hospitals before. And so I was curious to ask, what are um, bioethicists or ethicists in hospitals? Oh, thank you. That's a good question. We do, especially in larger hospitals, we do have bioethicists and we have ethics community committees, even in smaller hospitals. And sometimes they're asked to come together when, say, somebody's brain dead and a family member wants to, say, in layman's terms, pull the plug. And another family says, no, we want to continue to do everything. So sometimes we'll get the ethics committee involved. Or when we're using any kind of research drug, you're supposed to get informed consent and are supposed to agree to being in a research trial. So a lot of times we use bioethicists in those uh, circumstances as well. But thank you for that call. That was really good. We're going to take one more call here. Sandra from New Jersey. Hi, Dr. Maria. Hi, Sandra. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and I'm happy. It's my birthday. I'm happy about that. But I'm sad because my mother's not here to celebrate my birthday. Oh. And she died of that. Well, no, she died of that virus that two years ago. And, and on day one, my family felt it was from that lab. And I even feel it was deliberate. But that's, you know, I don't really know. Yeah, but right. What I do want to say, you know, what I do want to say is, so where do we go from here? What, let's say we find out it is true that it came from there. My mother's gone. All these wonderful people are gone. And I'll also say it was so virulent in the beginning. Was, you know, people were dying so much and so fast. Now it's not as much, but it's still there. But So I think it was definitely man-made. And, and, and then I, I had one other question. Yes. I wanted to know, does uh, Rudy Giuliani plan to meet um, Mayor, uh, what's his name, Adams? <laughs> Well, I understand on a morning show with Sid Rosenberg that uh, Sid had a discussion with Mayor Eric Adams about having dinner with uh, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani and uh, Mayor Adams said he would like to. I think Rudy would want to do anything he could to help this city. Those of you who were in his city at the time he became mayor I hear it. It's in the history books. The crime was even, believe it or not, worse than it is today. And he cleaned it up. And it was through deliberate, measured things that he put into place. He put in this Comstat, uh, Comstat, 
program that would show where all the crime was happening. So he put more police there. Like he was very measured and he was tough. Even when critics came out and said, well, you, you have too many police in this area, not enough there. He would stay the course and go by facts and he cleaned it up. You know, and that's Democrats, Republicans, independents. They all praise Rudy Giuliani for cleaning up the city. So I think Rudy, this is my personal opinion, if Eric Adams could put his ego aside, because it's tough, you know, you're the mayor to take advice from somebody. But if he could put his ego aside and sit with Rudy Giuliani and learn from Rudy Giuliani, I think the people of New York City will benefit from that. A very good question. I'm getting a lot of questions about Dr. Fauci. And at the time when everybody seemed to be beating up on Dr. Fauci on one hand, and then everybody was giving him an award on the other one, I tried to stay a little silent because it was to such hysteria levels. Like, he's either the second coming or he's the devil, right? There was no in-between, and it was on every newscast if you went to the left leaning newscast he's getting an award if you went to the right leaning one he's the devil incarnate i try to uh look as much evidence as possible and not let emotions guide me and because i had certain documents in my possession which anybody could could get probably i knew that dr fauci and he was not alone so his boss was dr francis collins They both knew that they were given grant money to EcoHealth Alliance. I have no notes here, people. This is how much I, how well I know this. I can say it from the top of my head. And when you give grant money and you, you have to say what it's for. I know as a hospital CEO, I applied for grants before. It's very detailed. They knew what they were uh, giving the money to at the Wuhan viral virology lab and here's what makes me upset about dr fauci because i would always put human beings first patients first i don't care if he liked china if he wanted to believe the chinese scientists when they were covering everything up he knew what was going on and to me because i guess i would have done this i would have said wait When that mysterious illness started going around Wuhan in November of 2019, I would have stood on my head to say, President Trump, listen to me. We were funding some gain of function that had to do with the bat coronavirus. I have a a contract with Moderna already starting to work on a vaccine. Please, please, please do not allow any travel. Shut everything down. He kept silent. It wasn't until President Trump, who went against Fauci, in January of 2020, he stopped the travel, but we are by then it was spread so so badly. There's a lot of these um, what's called migrant workers from China into northern Italy, and we saw you know northern Italy got devastated with the coronavirus. And in the beginning, we treated it wrong, and I can say this from a medical standpoint: we were treating it, and again, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but there's something called. RSV, an adult uh, respiratory distress syndrome. We were treating COVID like that, and we were putting them on the ventilator. And that's what was killing a lot of people, when really it was simple old kind of nursing tricks that really were making people better, turning their positions every two hours, putting them on their stomach, giving steroids to fight the inflammation. And um, 
And so we did learn that it took a couple months, but in in the meantime, that's we were following Italy. They were the first ones hit. They were putting all these old people on ventilators, and they were dying. And so we started doing that until some. I spoke to a lot of the early, early doctors taking care of COVID patients in the United States, and it was out on the West Coast, and they were like. I think we're doing the wrong thing, putting them on the ventilators. And they started giving steroids and doing these different techniques. But it's a terrible thing that happened. Uh, one of our callers was completely right. It's not going to take back any of the people we lost. And by the way, happy birthday. I wish you a happy birthday. And I'm sorry your mother's not here. But I'm always of the elk. We have to learn from mistakes. How can we improve on things if we don't know the truth? People don't want to talk about the 2020 election when we know there was illegalities that happened. What are illegalities? When an election committee changed rules and they had no authority. That's illegal. But rules were changed you know, mail-in ballots or whatever the rule was in that particular state. To say those things didn't happen is an injustice to all of us. We should always seek the truth and look at systems. Again, I'm a big systems theory thinker. Look at relationships, systems. How can we make it better? What happened? But to say, oh, let's not go in the past. Let's not talk about this. I don't think it, it it helps because we know there'll be another pandemic. We've had at least two pandemics that were lab leaks. The 1997 Russian flu and the 2019 COVID, COVID um, issue. So it's going to, it probably happened before. We just don't know about it. We don't, we didn't trace it there. So we really have to look at that. But this has been a fantastic show. Stay with me. We'll be right back. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Mayor's Final Thoughts are sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Please donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T. 2t.org. That's t2t.org. Um, you don't have the mayor today. You have me, Dr. Maria, and I'd like to talk about something that is important because you've all heard of George Soros. George Soros is a gazillionaire, right? He's got a lot, a lot of money, and he tends to lean left of left, like the like off the edge radical. He believes in one world domination. He doesn't like borders. He's donated, they think, over $40 million to Democrats, especially DAs, to get them um to get them into office. And we've seen it. We've seen um Bragg in New York and he doesn't like to prosecute. I think one of his first days in office, he sent out a letter, what he will and will not prosecute. And I don't understand that. In the state of New York, a governor can remove somebody. So, Governor Hochul, please remove this guy. But this is throughout our country. And St. Louis is going through something right now. Um, a woke left-wing prosecutor, Kim Gardner, she's funded by George Soros, and it's to really empty our jails, not to put any minor in jail, do ne- never have a minor prosecuted as an adult. And they think 
property crime isn't a crime. They have this weird philosophy. It's property. It's property. So if it gets ruined like the 2020 BLM riots, the radical left didn't think they did anything wrong with a billion dollars worth of property damage throughout our cities. So it's it's this weird thought, right? So there's a correlation when you see these left-leaning DAs don't like to prosecute and crime rising, right? There's a correlation. Again, I believe in the power of the people. You have the opportunity to vote these people out. But they're going to, you know, some Republican attorney generals are fighting back. In St. Louis, Circuit the circuit attorney general, Kim Gardner, is is one of these radicals. But Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey's is going after her. He says what she's done is too much. She's not showing up for murder cases. People on her staff don't show up. And just recently, someone who she's let off the hook multiple times, um, She's he ran into a young lady, a soccer player, and she has lost her legs. She she was really a great athlete. And this person probably should have been in jail. And this is kind of highlighted all the other cases that she didn't prosecute. And instead of <laughs> responding in a professional manner, she went on YouTube defending her her thing, saying everybody who's complaining is with the police unions and because um, I'm for defunding the police. Of course, they're going to be critical of me. No, this is common sense, something our country's been lacking. Let's look at the correlations. These soft on crime DAs, right? The police are doing their job. They're arresting the people, but they're not getting prosecuted I'm going to get you back to this system's thinking. So you can't have police without a prosecutor, and you can't have good prosecutors if police don't arrest the criminals. We all have to work in concert, and if one part of that system is broken, we saw we see what's happening in all of our major cities, and even in some rural areas, increases in crime. You give somebody an inch, they're going to take a mile, especially if they're criminally oriented if they think what you they should have what you have they they have no feelings about that you've worked two jobs to get that car if they want to steal it to sell it to make money that's what they're going to do so we need the police and the da to work in concert together and i'm very happy that so many of you have called in today and i'm sorry that we couldn't take all the calls and i hope you'll have have me back one more day i'm hoping mayor giuliani will get over this uh cold and take care of himself i know he cares very very much for his audience he wants to bring you the best programming the non-censored programming and we'll have more information for you tomorrow with the subjects that mean the most to you. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.